Welcome to KBJR6 Presents Beyond the Headlines. I'm Dan Wolf. Anchoring KBJR6 newscast every night is without a doubt the best way to give Northlanders the information they need to get through their day. But it's also important to investigate certain stories in more detail than a daily newscast allows. That's why once a week I sit down with local leaders and officials to talk about the issues you are concerned about. From politics to current events, I'm here to break down the issues facing Northlanders. This is Beyond the Headlines. This morning, we continue our conversation with candidates seeking a seat on the Duluth City Council. Primary Election Day is coming up August 13th, and this morning, we're joined by Gary Anderson, Becky Hall, and Henry Banks. And we begin with Gary Anderson, who for four years has served as the first district city councilor of Duluth, and he's hoping the public will re-elect him. Gary, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you very much, Dan. I'm happy to be here. We want to start out by talking about... Uh, talking a little bit about why you are running once again. Why should the public re-elect you for City Council? It's a great place to start, of course. <laughs> so it's been a really honor, a real honor and a privilege to serve this last four years. Um, and the learning curve for this particular job, I think, is one of the steepest that I've embraced in my life. And um, over the last four years, um, deepening relationships with people in the district and also learning how to navigate um, city government. And, and really specifically how to support the residents of the district in their needs in working with the city government. And I feel like I've done a really good job in developing those relationships on all levels and look forward to continuing in that service. What uh, would you list as your single biggest accomplishment in your four years on the council? I think the most significant piece of work that I've done as a leader is um, the role that I played in the passage of the Earn Sick and Safe Time Ordinance. And that was an ordinance that we worked as a council, we worked on that for over a year. Um, and in the end, um, we were able to pass a strong ordinance um, that will meet the needs of the broad community. And the role that I played in getting us to that ordinance was in the, toward the end of um, the process, I worked with um, uh, leaders on both sides of the issue. There was business community who were really challenged by having any ordinance at all. And there were also um, advocates for Earn Sick and Safe Time that wanted to see the strongest ordinance possible. And I worked really hard at listening to all sides of that issue, as well as working with my fellow counselors to find a happy, well, it's probably not the best word, a happy meeting, but to finding a, a point that we're, where we could find a consensus that we could all move forward with. And I felt that my leadership on that particular ordinance was key. We've heard from some folks in the business community who still believe uh, they call it an anti-business um, piece of, uh, we'll call it a piece of legislation, an mm -hmm. anti-business uh, stance by the city council. What do you say to those folks who still say that there should have never been such thing as ESST passed at city council? So I believe that the values of our community are reflected in that we want to take care of each other. And while there are some business leaders who absolutely said, no way, no ordinance, the marketplace will take care of this, we also heard um, from the voices in the community that said, there are lots of people whose livelihood, whose homes, whose children are at risk by one sick day or one domestic violence incident. So we really worked as a council to, to as leaders, to find an ordinance that was a middle ground. Um, so we didn't end up um, 
uh, what the original uh, the task force recommended um, uh, an ordinance where citizens would be able to earn one hour of sick time for every 20 hours earned. So, and the business community uh, um, would not have been happy with that at all. So as we went through the discussion around that ordinance, we ended up with an ordinance where residents, every resident who is working in the city at an employer with, uh, with five or more employees will earn benefits at a rate of one hour for every 50 hours earned. So now in 2020, that ordinance will come into effect and we'll have the opportunity as a community to see how this works for us and my hope is that the business community will see that this is actually a benefit for all of us. And outside of ESST, is there enough being done by the council uh, to your mind to make this a more business friendly climate here in Duluth? Absolutely. Um, uh, we had a task force last year, the Red Tape Reduction Task Force that Councillor Hobbs um, brought forth and that I supported um, and that's helped to eliminate a lot of red tape in City Hall. Um, we see um, development happening all over the community. Um, we see in, in the first district, we see the reconstruction of Woodland Avenue and Calvary Road, that that's going to change the face of that part of the first district. We also see street construction or road construction um, happening um, out in Lester Park and Lakeside as well. Uh, I want to get to um, affordable housing. It, it was a crisis, affordable housing crisis, uh, four years ago, it still is today. Has there been progress made on the issue to find and create more affordable housing in the city of Duluth? Yeah, there, the progress is slow, and, and um, there's no getting around that. Um, and I'll bring that discussion right to what's happening in the first district um, with the potential sale of uh, part of Leicester Park, of the Leicester Golf Course. There's an opportunity there to um, send out a proposal for development to an RFP, to developers, to look at how we can even um, bring affordable housing, more affordable housing, right into the first district. Um, and that's a, will be, a, it's a challenging conversation and one that I'm happy to be a part of. Uh, something we've heard uh, from many city, city council leaders as well as the mayor, yourself, uh, the idea to uh, make climate change a priority at the city level. I think a lot of people here uh, talk about uh, fighting climate change, and it sounds like something um, best tackled at the federal level because it's such a huge thing. Um, how can we fight climate change here at the city level at Duluth? That's a really great question. Um, one of the the issues that we hear about time and time again, and certainly an issue that, uh, that has been a part of my service to the community, is about protecting our water here in Duluth. And um, a challenge that we're going to face directly right here um, as we have the half a percent sales tax to deal with the infrastructure on the streets, we need to deal with the stormwater issues. So when we get a torrential rainstorm, where does that water go? Right now, we've got infrastructure that is 100 years old, and we need to address that, and that's going to be a big discussion for our community. Councillor Gary Anderson, we appreciate you being here this morning. Thank you so much, Dan. We are joined now by Duluth City Council candidate Becky Hall. She's challenging Gary Anderson for the first district seat in the general election. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We want to talk a little bit first, uh, help the folks who don't already know you get to know you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your time at Duluth. 
Well, my husband, Pat, and I, we live out in Lakeside. We've raised our five kids out here. They're ages 17 to 26. And um, I've been active in Duluth um, for many, many years and um, running for city council because I, I believe that um, we can do a better job of making Duluth the uh, safest, most affordable, and opportunity-filled community for our families. And that's why I'm running. You're running against uh, Gary Anderson in particular. Why uh, run against him? Well, actually, I'm running for my neighbors in, okay. in Duluth, in District 1. And um, this isn't about personalities. This is about wanting to be a, a city councilor that puts families first and second in our, in our great city. It's been a, a wonderful place for my husband and I to raise our five kids, and I just want to give back to our um, city as a city councilor and support the, the values that matter to families, public safety, um, infrastructure, you know, the basics of city government. Um, I want to be that kind of councilor that um, focuses on those things. I think we've kind of moved away a little bit. Again, public safety, infrastructure, and um, opportunities for our families to continue to support their own, you know, afford their homes, um, support our business community um, with great paying jobs. Those are values that help families. You, you said we've, we've moved away a little bit. What, what concerns you? Um, I, I think public safety, um, I'm, I'm involved in my neighborhood where, you know, we have this uh, app on our telephone. It's, or it's, it's called uh, uh, Nextdoor. It's kind of an electronic neighborhood watch. And um, the biggest conversation on there that we have amongst neighbors is public safety. Um, you know, break-ins, car prowls, things like that. And I would like to see a city council be more supportive of our, our police officers, stand firmly behind them. I, as a city councilor, would stand firmly behind our police, um, providing them with the resources and the equipment they need um, so that they can do their job in standing firmly in front of us and protecting us. And in the past, I've seen that our our city council debates on whether we should be supporting our police in that way. Um, I think that's really important. I think that's a role of city government, and I would be a councilor that would be um, adamant in giving them the resources they need to protect our families. And infrastructure, that's another thing. Um, we just recently passed the, the sales tax to fix the streets. I would be a city councilor that watches those revenues like a hawk to ensure that our streets are actually being fixed and that that money is not going off to other um, projects. And then opportunity. Um, I look at our, our city council and I think we can do a better job of supporting our business community, those who pre create those jobs for us. Um, it's those jobs that allow us to afford to live in our homes, to um, support our families, send our kids through college. Um, and I just think um, we need to have a few more city councilors, myself included, that would work hard to support our businesses, you know, try to eliminate some of the regulations and the roadblocks that um, cause them um, not to create those great paying jobs for our families. You mentioned the business climate here. I, I just talked to Gary Anderson. We, we talked about that earn sick and safe time policy right. uh, that's uh, going into effect. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was instrumental in, in helping make that happen. Your take on that ESST policy. You know, that's a, that's a perfect example of throwing up roadblocks in front of our businesses who are trying to create those um, great paying, sustainable living wage jobs for our families. Um, Policies like that make it more difficult for businesses to do their job of, of running, running their businesses and supporting their employees. Um, already in the city of Duluth, 
our, our companies, our businesses, we're providing those benefits for our, our families in Duluth. And we're just making it more difficult putting regulations like that in place. Um, I, I feel that if a city council wants to run a business like they're doing with this earn sick and safe time, maybe they should go and get a job in their health or in their human resources department and, and work with the companies to do that. But already our companies are doing that work. We're just making it, city government is just making it more difficult for, for them to run their businesses. And I don't think that's a role of city government. You, you called it an obstacle, making it more difficult. Uh, but I know there are plenty of people in the labor community who came out and said, you know, this is what we need because um, I'm having a hard time getting time off uh, that, that I need for whatever reason. Um, is, is there some good done by ESST or is it just something we should completely well, do away with? I don't think it was necessary. Uh, there was a survey that came out and said that, you know, over 90%, 95% of um, businesses are already offering up those benefits. And the, the labor community does a great job of working with companies to um, ask for those benefits, to negotiate those, those types of things. I don't think we need city government getting involved. Okay. Becky Hall, we really appreciate you joining us here Thank this morning. You. Thank you. Appreciate it. We are chatting with some of the people this morning running for Duluth City Council, and uh, we're joined now by candidate Henry Banks running for the third district seat. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you for having me here. We want to start off uh, by giving you a chance to tell any of the people out there who uh, don't know you, don't know much about you, uh, who you are. So tell folks a little bit about yourself and your time here in Duluth. Sure. I am a... Um resident of Duluth for approximately 30 years, uh, originally from the Kansas City, Missouri area. Uh, known and claimed to fame is that I am the founder and first co-chair of the Clayton Jackson McGee Memorial here in Duluth, uh, which was the first uh, memorial of its type in the entire country. And so I was honored to bring together thousands of people to honor the lives of Elias Clayton, Elmer, G Elmer uh, Jackson and Isaac McGee. Uh, that was something that was near and dear to my heart because I love this city so much I want to be able to work to tell the truth about our community so that we can heal and move forward. You, you've been a leader in the city in the past. Why run for Duluth City Council right now? Uh, because I see a lot of work that needs to be done in our city and the City Council could be that leader. The leadership is uh, necessary as we move forward in our community. And, and leadership uh, in what way? What, what are some of the issues that, that could use your leadership? Well, primarily one in particular is that our demographics are changing. Uh, right now, the unemployment rate for African heritage people is 23% and 18% in Native American populations here in Duluth. And to me, that's troubling because from a social and economic standpoint, uh, it's not sustainable. And so I want to be the leader to help the city do something to improve the lives of all people, not just one group of people. Some of those uh, numbers you mentioned, in, including low unemployment. Yes. Um, what, what really needs to be done to, to help get those numbers up? I think if we as a city invest in small businesses to the degree that communities of color are in that equation, uh, we can certainly get rid of some of those social uh, connectors that people have who have no money, have no place to go. If we as a city invest in very small businesses, we can change that predicament. Uh, people can sustain themselves. 
And uh, another issue uh, that, that seems to be on everyone's mind this election cycle is uh, the affordable housing crisis yes. in the city of Duluth. It's a huge problem. It has been for quite a while. Uh, when I recently sat down with Mayor Emily Larson, she said it's going to continue to be a problem and a crisis for a while. What needs to be done right now uh, to help put a dent in the problem? Well, in my opinion, we need to have rent controls in this city. We don't have rent control in place right now. Uh, so there will continue to be the unaffordable opportunity for people who deserve a place to live. So we have to have, in my opinion, rent control measures and ordinance by city council that sustains people so they don't lose their homes. And what I mean by that is uh, if we don't have the jobs to support the high rents, uh, people are not going to be able to get an apartment. It's, it's not fair to people who are low income to have to pay 50% of their income in rent. It should be no more than 30%. And right now there's that disconnect. And, and I believe strongly that rent control measures need to be in place in the city of Duluth. Uh, outside of the few issues we've talked about so far, uh, I like to ask the candidates, um, what, what's going well in the city of Duluth? What, what, do you what are you seeing that you like that's happening in Duluth? Well, Duluth is a very beautiful city. It has very beautiful people in it, but not everybody's benefiting in this community. And my belief is when we all are raised up and we all benefit from the economic and social structures in the community, we become an even more uh, awesome community, okay? People see us as being a city of inclusion, and right now we're not there. Uh, but it's a beautiful city with beautiful people, Awesome opportunities are there if everybody's at the table. Uh, another problem that we hear a lot about uh, this election cycle is also the opioid crisis. It's not just a problem here, really across the Midwest, across the country. Uh, what needs to be done locally in the city of Duluth uh, to at least slow down the problem of opioid addiction? Well, in my opinion, that, that's a, certainly a problem nationwide. Duluth is uh, not immune to that. Uh, for all intents and purposes, we need to come together from the health standpoint, uh, health officials, city officials, and really have a plan. We don't really have a tangible plan that goes to or gets at addressing the issue. We can talk about it as much as we want, but we need to have a plan in place so that those folks who are struggling with this epidemic at least has a way out and understanding about what they're going through. And, and so I think there's a disconnect there. We need to bring that disconnect together. Uh, I spoke with a mayoral candidate uh, last week who, who talked a little bit about the need for more policing, a stronger police force to battle the opioid crisis. Um, is that also something we need to consider, or is it, is it uh, more a, a compassionate approach to the opioid crisis? I think it's both. We have to be compassionate about this, but we do need more police officers in the city of Duluth. Uh, it's a, a very small force for the size of the city. I, I think that number could be 20 more officers uh, to give the police force some of the sustainability they need because they, you know, people leave the jobs and we need to be ready to have a force that is ready to assist people. But in order to assist people properly with regard to law enforcement, 
We have to have community policing back. We need to bring that back to our community because we need to see our officers walking out in the neighborhoods, getting out of their cars, interacting with people in a positive way and not in a punitive way because right now the trust level is not there in some communities. And if you want to be trustworthy, uh, you have to provide trust. You have to be out there. You have to interact with people. And in communities of color, we need to fix that disconnect with regard to our police officers and our police force. Henry Banks, I wish we had more time to keep the conversation going, but unfortunately, we're out of time. We appreciate you joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. That is all the time we had this week for Beyond the Headlines. We want to thank the candidates for taking time to appear on this show. Some candidates were unable to make it due to scheduling conflicts. We posted bios of all of them on our website, kbjr6.com. Primary election day is Tuesday, August 13th. Be sure to get out and vote. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dan Wolf. We're back here next week.